Hey everybody, I want to talk about a product and platform that I absolutely love and our latest sponsor, Interseller, the prospecting and outreach platform of choice for recruiters and sellers. Whether you're doubling down on business development or recruiting talent, Interseller does all the heavy lifting of finding contact data, automating the email and follow-up process, and syncs all that rich data into 20-plus CRM and ATS platforms. Reach out now and get going on a two-week free trial and let them know you heard about it from Adam on the podcast today. Check out the link on the website. Appreciate it. Welcome to the podcast, where we introduce you to incredible humans who share their journeys with the mission to inspire you to harness your own inner tenacity to drive your life and career forward. And now, your host, Adam Posner. Good morning, everybody, reporting live. Well, if you're watching, it's not live, but I am live right now from day three of VCon in beautiful Indianapolis, Indiana. We have a big day today recording on the podcast. We have Tom Bilyeu. We have Sarah Buxton from Gala Games, Gala Music, and we have Jesse Pollock from Coinbase. And um, later today, some dude named Gary V will hopefully bless us with his presence. We have a lot going on. Caesar Milan, the dog whisperer dude, is on right now telling us that cats are much smarter than dogs. That's the alpha coming out of this one. We're excited. You're excited. Let's do this. Are you ready, bro? We're live. We're sliding into day three. Ready? Three, two, two one. Oh, boy. There we go. Oh, boy. We're sliding into day three. And we got everybody. Here we go. Made it. <laughs> Did you catch that What's up, everybody? It is day three, and we haven't done our official day three drop yet. I am with my homie, my co-host, Mr. Chris Adamo. Chris, uh, how was last night for you? Last night was epic. What an epic evening. We had a great time here. The comedy was on fire. Gary yeah, got roasted hard by Andrew Schultz. Wow, roasted. I was laughing, though. It was a great time, and people were, people were, 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 were digging it, totally. Yeah, it, it was it was pretty cool. A little brand bashing, and uh, I'm not going to go too deep into that one. And we had a great night, and we'll we'll leave it at that. But uh, what do we have lined up for today, Chris Adamo? Big day, big day. Our homie Deepak Chopra is going to kick off for us. Guy Raz is on later. We got a whole bunch of people. Avery, we got Fonz, we got Jeff Carvalho, we got stack speaker lineup. Shira's on. Bobby Hundreds. Bob, that was yesterday, but you know maybe see him again. Oh, double up. This is this is amazing. I'm pumped for today, man. This has been a great time. We just slid into day three right behind us. What a vibe! They should bring us here for full time. They should have a they should have a permanent one. So this is it, folks. We're going to finish strong, and uh, we're going to have a fantastic day. How you feeling? Fabulous. We're feeling pretty good. Catch you in a little bit. So on the other side of the main activation on the field, probably from the 40-yard line over, they have some of the brand activations. We have Gala Music over there. We're going to be interviewing the CEO, Sarah Buxton, uh, a little bit later today. We have the Bud Light activation. There's a couple of cool Bud Light things. And we're going to go find my friend Liam, who's over at the Lids station. So let's go creep up on Liam and see what he's up to over here. I think he's probably getting a custom hat. I see him. I see him. I'm going to get this mic right in his face. So Liam brought his dad, but I don't see, I don't see his dad here. Where is Liam's dad? Where's Liam's dad? We're playing a game. We're playing a game called Where's Where's Liam's dad? And um podcast alumni himself. You are alumni. I am alumni. Tell everyone who you are, man. My name is Liam Darmody and I live in Raleigh, North Carolina. I'm here with my pops and a uh, big fan of the podcast and Mr. Posner right here. Let's talk about the experience you're having with your dad. Um, do you generally have a good close relationship with your dad? Yeah. Yeah, he was, uh, my parents split up, so he was kind of like a brother and a dad at the same time. So uh, we've, we've been pretty tight for a pretty long time. And uh, I've been talking about Web3 for three years, and he has no idea what that is. And he's into crypto, but he's not into the NFT stuff. So yeah. I wanted to bring him to this and show him the magic. But this is, I mean, different than last year, this is definitely more marketing-oriented, in my opinion, yeah, yeah. Um, much more of a mix. And tell us about, how's your dad, at, what's he feeling, what's he thinking, what's he saying? And we'll find him later, we'll get dad on film. <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, he's sitting over there, I had to get another cup of coffee, but uh, I think he's, he, he's starting to piece things together. I think for him it's interesting, because actually the visuals of it, um, like the art, and hearing like people like Gloria Van Lu talk and hearing Snowfro talk, he so you like, went up to the went up to the artist panels. Yeah, we did we did some of the artist panels, so he was able to get some of that sense. The business sense, I think he connects still, but I think he's still trying to piece it all together. But he's you know he's eager to learn, which is all that matters, right? And all you got to do is show up and learn. Um, and you know, piece by piece, he's asked me questions about stuff when it happens, and I'm like, dude, you're getting this. You're starting to pick it up. So you guys, you guys bonding pretty hard, bro, out. 
Yeah, it's good. We've had a lot of really good conversations. It's one of the reasons I just want to come. I, mean, I haven't been four days away from my kids oh my God, in six God. years. Wow. And, and, and this is dad time. This is, yeah. So were you at Jesse Isser's speech last year? I was not. I missed okay. it last year. So Jesse Isser last year talked about something that really resonated with me. Our parents are getting older. We're getting older. Yeah. Time, time, is, time is ticking. And it's not about the number. It's not about like, all right, we're going to go see my parents once a year. It's the quality of the time and taking more of an effort, making more of an effort to spend yeah. more time with our parents because they're going to get old. And he, and he tells the story of his dad getting Alzheimer's and eventually passing away. And that really resonated with me. Right? He played the video. It was, it was incredible. Um, how are you feeling about the overall NFT market, man? I know you got a bunch in your, in your wallet. You're generally a, a pretty bullish person in this space. But how are you feeling right now? Uh, I think that, you know, we had a big boom, just like, you know, you have big booms when things are starting to fly and, and now we're back down to earth a little bit. And I think there's going to be, you know, Gary's always said 90% of them are going to fail. Uh, and you know, you're going to have 10% that remain. I think V friends is absolutely going to be one of those. I think Yuga labs obviously is going to be one of those, uh, a couple of handful of others. I think dead fellas has a good chance. World of women, I think is going to keep it going. I definitely think world of women will as well. I think pudgy penguins, you know, what yeah. Luca Nets is doing is amazing. So I think there's a lot of opportunity for those folks, but you know me, man, I'm, I'm bigger into like the, the technology behind it. I'm super pumped about the utility of NFTs, the functionality behind it. Like when I'll be able to buy a ticket on an airplane and then just sell it to you. Cause I don't, I can't go anymore. Like, you don't have to go through bullshit like Delta and try to transfer it and everything. But, I mean, I, I mean, there might be some security risk. But generally speaking, I think that's a, that's a great use case. Yeah. If we can figure out stuff like that, you know, our lives become so much easier. Uh, and we can all, you know, make a little money off of an open market that's truly open. And uh, I, I think that's, that's what I'm most pumped about is the blockchain functionality and the NFT functionality. I think people get confused about what NFTs are. Everybody thinks they're just cartoon JPEGs. And, like, what, right, they're right-click save. Right. But what they really are is the technology behind what those represent, right? And yes. that's what I think people need to be mindful of. We're in early, early, early they, they, they do, but I also think the key to mass adoption is the fact that most people don't need to know how the sausage is made. It's going to be behind the scenes. And I think you look at, you look at Starbucks with the Odyssey Project. You look at, uh, uh, I mean, Nike with Artifact. Like, you don't need to know how the sausage is made, just that the sausage is delicious and it tastes good. So speaking of tasting good, give us your hot take review on St. Elmo's the other night. Dude, St. Elmo's was fantastic. It was a fantastic What'd you have? experience. Uh, we had the shrimp cocktail, which blew my Super mind. fucking spicy. Literally blew my mind. Um, they forgot to bring it. That was amazing. Um, we had uh, Oysters Rockefeller. Uh, had a blue wedge, blue cheese wedge salad, which is my favorite. I, I love the wedge. Right, so here's the deal. I love a wedge salad. I think it's kind of like, I mean, think about the profit margin on a wedge. Amazing. Literally, it's like a $3 head of lettuce. You quarter it. You dump some blue cheese on it. But the has to be good. It can't be some bullshit bacon. Yeah, and obviously, there'd be a good cured bacon. Yeah. Um, what steak did you get? Uh, I got the dry aged ribeye. What size? The old ninety six er. I think it. No, I think it was the. It was whatever the eighty five dollar one was. I don't know. It was like sixteen ounces or something. But it was good. It was. It was tasty. Yeah. It was. It was good. And then uh, I had never had like the little tomato sauce. And my dad dropped the knowledge bomb on me. He was like, "Oh, that's with steak." Yeah. He's like, "You can." They can. They were like, "You can have navy bean soup, or you can have chilled tomato juice, or you can have uh, some other thing." You didn't get the lobster bisque. I heard that was a pro tip can't do lobster i'm allergic to it so i had to choose between tomato tomato juice and navy bean soup and i was feeling the tomato juice and my dad was like yeah that's a big thing in steakhouses old old school steakhouses that you always would get a cup of tomato juice so like just another example like generations passing knowledge to each other it's it's a mutual exchange it's great i love it and who are you looking forward to hearing hearing or seeing and speaking today i mean it was tim tebow was fantastic was today he yeah about? he was just talking about talk about his first time uh, he did not talk about his first time. He talked about uh, just persevering and, you know, being, I think what resonated most with me was he said, you, you know, success is about you. Significance is about other people. You can choose what you want to be. I like that. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Uh, success is about you. Significance is about other people. And you have a choice, right? Do you want to chase success and make it about you and always be thinking about your success? Or do you want to uh, be significant in the lives of other people? And, you know, I think it's pretty incredible to think about, like, this two-time Heisman Trophy winner talking about how he had more uh, meaningful, you know, trips over to Africa seeing kids that are starving and struggling uh, and wanting to do more for them than he did in the NFL, right? And, like, I think that's it's an interesting an interesting uh, dynamic. Um, who else? I mean, I saw Kathy Hackle yesterday, which was awesome. Yeah, I met Betty from Dead Fellas, which is cool. She's a badass. She is. I'm looking forward She's to hearing. Amazing. I'm looking forward to seeing Snowfro today talk for a full like duration on the VCon stage because he's obviously a legend in the space. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be a good day. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna finish strong here. Um, Liam, where can folks find you? Where can they connect with you? 
LinkedIn is my, my place, you know. Uh, I, I'm on Twitter as Darmination and Instagram, Liam Darmody. But uh, LinkedIn is where I spend the most of my time. Uh, and uh, you can always reach out to me, follow me there, or connect. I'm always happy to have a conversation with, with uh, forward-thinking folks just like you. Liam Darmody in the house. Day three, let's do it. Tell us who you are and what you do, man. Just, uh, yo, co-founder of Cool Cats. We're just, there's my buddy Merv. He's on the Cool Cats team, too. We just, you know, events winding down. We walked over to this booth because the, the, the Pokemon cards were calling our names the other day, so we wanted to feel something. Yeah, what are you feeling, man? Uh, that we can't grow up ever. But that's fine. Yeah, it's yeah. fine. Nobody. I love cracking packs. I love doing it when my V-Friends come. I did it with my daughter. I, I brought me that's back true. to where that's I was. True. And I, I'd be remiss if I didn't say hello to this guy. You Tell everyone this. who you are. Yeah. What's that smell like? Fresh crack. <laughs> yeah, I'm... Dream, sorry. Um, I want to talk about the Cool Cats brand a little bit, but let me introduce you. I'm guy. Bennett. Yeah, I run BizDev for Macroverse, digital comics, Web2 and Web3. Um, hello. <laughs> yeah. And, and what's exciting you guys right now through these cards that you're flipping? What are you looking to find right now? What are you looking to flip? What's, look, what's dude, I'm, just, looking for? I'm just trying to feel Ooh, something. I remember shiny. doing this as a kid. Yo, and it's, it's Jack, meant, dude. Oh, it yeah, it is Jack. Yeah, That's I like actually our, feel our like our I'm like a child man. right now. You it's are, weird. Like, you forget about these memories. Like, I mean... We like you NFTs because it's yeah, like we collect ho- stuff digitally, but this is like physical. The holocha. Okay. okay. I got this one, Wing Attack. Jeez. I remember Wing Attack always from the game, too. Dude, smell those real quick. You, that's, that's, oh, I remember the remember smell, that? too. It's such a specific oh, smell. It is visceral. We need to make a cologne that's just like yeah, fresh, fresh cracked pack. <laughs> fresh cracked. Here we go. You hear it here first on the podcast. So, Cool Cats is a project that I've been following for a long time. For anyone out there, tell us a little bit about Cool Cats. What's the ethos? What's yeah, the mission? Yeah. So, Cool Cats is inclusive and accept, uh, as I say, acceptable, accessible. Uh, it's based on a character called Blue Cat that was designed by um, Klon, who's the illustrator of uh, Cool Cats. We went to school together, but he'd been working on the character since high school. Um, so, Blue Cat's not a guy or a girl. Blue Cat's just Blue Cat. It channels the energy of, of Klon. It's about, uh, you know, just celebrating life and joy and, and spreading, spreading cheer. It's, it's the Hello Kitty on the blockchain. So, you know, we're about a year and a half old. We've got a uh, balloon in the Macy's Day Parade that's going to happen. This, that's a big deal. This year. It's, it's a really big deal. It's a really big deal. It's a big deal. There's a V-friend in the parade this year. Is there? No, no, there was, there was uh, we beat them out, the competition. Oh, so they didn't get in. Oh, yeah, there was a competition. I thought it been the need of the cat, whether you like it or not. One project to have a balloon. One entity project out of a balloon. So it was by community voting, and then Cool Cats ended up coming up on top. Who showed up the most? The cats. So here we go. So tell us about the community. What makes your community special? Oh, man. I mean, uh, I think a, a lot of crypto NFT space, it's, it's unfortunately like a, I think crypto innately has like a undertone of like degenerate sort of cool guy. I'm on an ape, or I'm on a yoke. I'm on a yacht vibe. With my ape? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, with my yeah, yeah, and it's sort of like anon, like eh. And I think uh, for the cats did a good job of uh, introducing to the market, like invalidating the cool and cute aesthetic that's very inclusive and accessible. And I think that's also we've we've factually had a fundamental influence on just about every collection out here. So um, yeah, what was the question? Yeah, let's talk about um, uh, inclusivity. Uh, how is the product? Oh, you can see. Oh. Um, how do you promote? Um, Equity, I mean, the inclusion, art, the, the art within within and of itself. I mean, it, it all boils down to the assets and the attributes. You know, I mean, there's no there's no violence or like or, or blood or drugs or anything. It's 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 relatable. You know, and it, you also feel something when you look at Hello Kitty for the first time or Pikachu for the first time or Mickey Mouse. Like you could tell you could tell there's there's soul in there. You know, what I mean, when you when you crack a pack and get a smell, you know, feel good. It brings joy to you. So I think that's channeled within the ethos and the DNA within within the cats. And, and because it's Klon's character, like this, he put himself into it. And a lot of people I think they don't realize is like. Like uh, a lot of these collections that are out, there's really no. They're not based on a character. They're 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 thematically uh, designed around an animal, perhaps, or like an, an idea of, of a character. But Blue Cat has existed historically before any of these jokers. You know, Bef- before crypto punks existed, Blue Cat was in Klon's notebook. You know what I mean? So like, it's on us to tell the story and perpetuate the story of Blue Cat. What are, you, what are you guys building in the bear market right now? We got a few games uh, in production right now. I want to spill too many beans, but uh, Animoca is one of our partners, so they're a big uh, umbrella company. They have a lot of a lot of different um, a lot of different. Uh, what's the phrase? Uh, uh, they're like a conglomerate, kind of, but they're like attached to a lot of the main movers in the space. But also, we just dropped a new collection, Shadow Wolves, which is kind of like the dark side of Cool Cats, and like kind of the same thing. Like Cool Cats was developed over ten years, right? I think that's why people really, really resonate. They feel like the work that Klon put into the character. But then Shadow Wolves, he put a lot of time, and our art yeah. team too, and like people really are resonating with that side. Yeah. I think and everybody loves a story. You know, the the you need a good guy for a bad guy to fight. So with Cool Cats, Cool Cats is more like safe and vanilla, 
and uh, Shadow Wolves is more like the chocolate flavor of you know that's it, it's gonna be the vessel for us to have conflict. It's like a you know per- perpetuates the story that people can be uh, be intrigued by. So I love it. And where can folks find uh, Cool Cats? You already know Cool Cats NFT dot uh, com. Cool Cats on Twitter. Just search Cool Cats and you know you'll you'll get there. Yeah, yeah, you'll find it. Awesome guys. We like the cats. We like the cats. We like the cats. Thanks guys. Hey, what's up, everybody? People ask me all the time, Adam, where do you get your alpha from every day in the Web3 space? And my go-to is The Daily Ralpha. The Daily Ralpha is the best newsletter about what's going on in the Web3, NFTs, and emerging tech world. Get market intel, drops to watch, early project finds, the hottest NFT art, news, jobs, tools, and more delivered directly to your inbox every day for absolutely free. Join over 85,000 people who get the Daily Ralpha and get everything they need to know in five minutes or less. It's like the morning brew or their skim of Web3 and more than 500 editions so far. I get this every day and so should you. Check it out and subscribe at dailyralpha.com. D-A-I-L-Y-R-A-L-P-H-A.com. Check it out. What has been one of the biggest challenges in moving this project forward? Maybe a stumbling block that you didn't anticipate that potentially caused you to find a a solution that is helping innovate moving forward? Well, so the big innovations that we've done have really been around just integrating Web3 into an Unreal Engine environment. So you can treat it as if it were a normal video game avatar engine, but it's all NFTs. So you can mint, unmint, change, Remint, go back onto the blockchain all for free. Tom, we're saying a lot of words here that half my audience is going to understand because they're complete DGENs and they've been involved in the space for a long and time. And half have no idea. And what then I'm my about. mom and dad are going to listen to the car in Boynton Beach, Florida, and they're going to say, What the fuck is Tom talking about? Let's pull it back a little bit. And I don't think everybody, including my mom, needs to know how the sausage is made. Sure. They just need to know how it works. So, how, I mean, you look at like Roblox and Fortnite and other games out there. How is that going to be different? How is this going to be different than that? So, the big way is AR and AI are really going to change the way that you interact. So, when you talk to a character and it has its own personality, it remembers you over time. Uh, that it will respond to you differently based on the digital assets that you own. So an easy way for your mom and dad to think about it is based on what you're wearing in the game, the characters in the game will respond differently to you. And then they'll have a sense of history with you. And is that history? Is that saved on chain or is it external service? I mean, no, I'm getting no, that stuff. I'm like getting now we're back into how the sausage is made. Yeah, here. yeah I'm, I'm curious uh, for myself. And this no, is for no, Kevin out there. Kevin the, wants to know that. That's not the right place for no. the blockchain. So the blockchain is it's going to secure your assets, but it's just way too cumbersome to try to store things like that on the blockchain. Uh, so, and I'm not somebody, I don't believe that decentralization is what makes web three, web three, what makes web three, web three, the blockchain brings the properties of the physical world into the virtual world, period, stop, end of story. That's all that matters from my perspective, from an entertainment perspective. That's all I need. That's all I care about. Um, I want to talk for a moment about toxic toxicity on the internet and toxicity in web three. And especially when it comes to the DGen mindset and the gambling and the meme coins and the shit mm. coins out there, what's your thoughts and recommendations out there for people to dip their toes in the water, be safe, but not be double mortgaging their house. Only buy things that you want to own and hold that you want to engage with. Again, my extreme bias is from the entertainment side. Um, I think the SEC will obliterate anything that is done for financial reasons. So that's just going to go away, in my opinion. Uh, Also, I think while it brought attention to the space and I'm super grateful for it, it won't be the model that allows us to move forward and reach mass adoption. What is going to be the key to mass adoption? It, it is really just to understand one simple fact that the blockchain is a technology. Everything that emerges out of it, that will be interesting. And people will come up with a million things that the blockchain can do better. But you need to be building something that is both different and better. And I think that because the world is becoming more digital and because the blockchain allows you to bring the properties of physics into the digital realm, that that, that is a watershed moment. That makes me laugh when people say, oh, that Web3 thing is dumb or it's dead. It's like, no, it was a fundamental paradigm shift that will continue to echo forever. I love your relationship with your wife. I love how you and Lisa go out there and you talk about the hard times, how you work through it. And I'm going to post this on my socials later when we air it. But this is a picture. If I could get it to access the nine lessons we learned over 17 years. I'm going to go through a couple of them real quick. Just give us a hot take. Number one, have sex often. Facts. And babe. When I get home Sunday night, <laughs> I love you. 
Yeah, no, man, I think it's really important. And you can very quickly, there's something called bed death in a relationship where you're still together. Maybe you're raising kids, but you're not having sex anymore. <sighs> and it really changes not only the dynamic of the relationship, but nature has optimized this whole sequence and sex releases certain neurochemicals. Stress relief. Stress relief, but it's also bonding. And so if you really want to feel connected to somebody, if you're not having a romantic partner, obviously, uh, and you're not having sex, you're missing out on the massive amount of neurochemistry that's going to keep you feeling deeply connected to that person. Something that's interesting, um, what do you call it, pillow talk? Like after, There's very open and honest conversations. Chemically speaking, um, can you speak to that? Have you done any research of like why those conversations right after the end of sex, when sex is completed, um, what is it in the chemical neurons that just open up really Vulnerable conversations. Yeah, so two two of the hormones that pump post-orgasm are oxytocin and vasopressin. And these are the bonding hormones. So you feel more trust and you feel connected to that person. So you're far more likely to be open to a, you know, a deeper communication because you feel trusting, because you feel warm and connected. It's just the, I mean, look, there are some conversations you don't necessarily want to start right after you just had sex. But go, it, let me tell you what's happening in the bank accounts yeah, in the car. Right exactly. <laughs> this this would be one I'd avoid. <laughs> the boiler's broken. I don't need to hear that right now. Um, which leads us to communicate communicates uh, obsessively. This is critical. Every time I see our friends' relationships fail, it comes down to a lack of communication. Mm. It seems obvious, but what just go back to what you were saying before, these this paralysis of being in this comfort zone or um, like falling back on bad habits after a long period of time together. I think, I think where communication breaks down is that people don't define words. So they think they mean the same thing, but they really don't. Uh, and then the other one is most people don't understand themselves. And so if you don't understand yourself and you're like yelling at this person and saying like, I've told you this a hundred times, uh, in those moments, I will always ask my wife, say what you mean in a single sentence without any commas or run-ons or parentheticals. And usually when somebody is at their most frustrated that the other person isn't getting it, it's because they can't explain their own thought succinctly. My wife has said that to me a number of times. And Tom Bill, you last but not least, this is my masterclass. I get to interview amazing folks like you over the last five years, 275 episodes. This is how I absorb. I used to love to read. I don't have that much time now with mm. the kids and maybe I'm not prioritizing, but this is my alpha and it goes in here through osmosis. So I would love if you could share with me and my audience the single greatest piece of advice that you have ever received that you take action on every single day. The best advice I've ever received. Uh, well, so everything's going to come down to what I've read. So if you'll let me count the things that I've read as good advice, um, that would be to learn something new every day. Awesome. Tom Bilyeu. I want to thank you for joining me. Thank you for being an inspiration. Thank you for keeping it real, man. And thank you for creating. And thank you for joining us for on the on. podcast and the Immutable Mindset. Tom Bill, you everybody. Thanks, everybody. Pleasure. Thanks, man. Gala Games, Gala Music, the Gala Empire. Tell us what Gala is all about. Oh, Gala is all about a lot of things that people care about. Decentralization, ownership, creativity, fun, play, um, entrepreneurialism, disruption disruption um and the games business is probably what we're best known for mm -hmm. we've been in games for well almost since the beginning i would say web3 we were definitely one of the forerunners for games um and that is turning i wouldn't say an empire because um empires are run by uh one or two people right at the top and we're talking about decentralization exactly exactly so let's get into decentralization and democratization and let's start with music and one of my favorite things about Web3 now is that fans can now truly own a piece of their favorite musician's music and not just own it, but be part of it. And it's changing the game from a royalties perspective, a fan loyalty perspective. I'd love if you could share a little bit more about what that means to you, the organization and for the products. Yeah, I'm going to be a bit controversial here and not completely agree with you. Go for it. Um, I hate the idea of artists losing their stuff, even to fans. Um, fans are wonderful and we have artists referring to themselves as being fan dependent now, which is nice rather than independent. Um, but an artist needs to hold on to their rights. That's where the music industry, I think, has really robbed people of the chance so, so far. So where 
is the balance? Where is that right mix? Is it not everything? Maybe certain things. Maybe if it's a well, we've it's so crazy. We've really moved away so much from the from the you know the the twelve fifteen track LPs to now one off releases here. I mean that changes it also, right? So where is that 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 happy medium, or at least a testable proposition to figure out what that balance is? And obviously, it's gonna be different for every artist, every genre, every fan base, what level that artist is in their career. But what are your thoughts? Okay, so I think you're really close when you started talking about um, the older formats, right? So when you used to buy CDs, when you used to buy records, you owned those, but you didn't own the actual rights to the art that was on those records, right? You could right? flip them out and do what you want with it. Exactly. Right? So it was yours to trade, but you weren't taking a piece of that artist with you. So what we've done in Web3 is very similar to that. So you can come in, you are a track owner, and every time that track is played on our decentralized 25,000 strong node network, yes, that's a thing, mm-hmm. um, the host, the, o- the node owner gets paid. The track owner gets paid because they're allowing you to listen to their track and the artist gets paid. And the brilliant thing about that is when listeners come in, guess what? They don't get paid, but they get rewards and incentives as well. So it's this really lovely mix where everybody wins, but you don't get into, and we've seen it from a few other, and there's plenty of space in this space right now, but from a few other companies where you can get in a lot of hot water around royalties. And so we've avoided that entire mess uh, with the idea that you can still take a piece of ownership and be rewarded for it, but without encroaching on the artist's rights or on the record label. So loyalty is an interesting one, right? Because you're only loyal to things that you want, generally speaking. And how do you make people want to continue feeling like they're recognized, that they're awarded, that they're cared for? And so with music and with games, I think it's that idea of whatever you're putting in, you're getting something of value out. And when you stop putting things in, you're able to transfer that value elsewhere. And I think that's really important because that's what ownership is essentially all about. It's giving you power and giving you influence and giving you the respect to say, hey, you've come and played this game. You've come and you've gone up 50 levels or you've come and you've bought this artist track when they were maybe, um, and with Gala Music, we have different levels of artists. So the quantity of a track uh, goes up as their popularity increases because obviously economics 101, right? right? Um, So loyalty for me is something that it's not a freaking IOU. It's not a promise for the future. It's an instantaneous experience that you can access as a fan. I absolutely love that take. So let's talk about tokenization, what you guys are doing, uh, your approach. It's It's a pretty broad subject a lot of folks out there that are taking advantage of it i mean it kind of plays into the meme shit coin thing too but it's also a tremendous tool and utility for building and growing talk to us about your approach and what you're doing with gala games and gala music with tokenization yeah it's an interesting one isn't it because technology ends up as a bit of a buzz word right we don't talk about mp3s and mp4s we talk about videos and music right maybe in the other no one needs to know the sausage Um, is made exactly but then in some ways people are really enjoying uh with games particularly seeing how it's made right seeing the background seeing the development process being able to influence it and that's something we're doing with we have gala film as well uh so something we're doing with film too but without destroying the magic which with film it's a bit more tricky um but token, you know, tokenization is nothing new in gaming. Gaming has always had tokens. I mean, that's right. Gems. Look about you know, Zelda and like, Mario Brothers. Yeah, they were go. collecting the tokens, so right? So gamers are completely used to, you know, tokenization. And I think when you get to the mass um, adoption phase, the issue we're having is that we've started obsessing and you will never hear us talking about NFTs and music. We talk about tracks, we talk about players, we talk about artists, we talk about release because it's an irrelevance. And yeah, the format you're getting is an NFT so that we can reward you for owning it, but it doesn't really matter. So so that so let's get to that in a moment. And don't mind me reading the questions here. This is from, this is Kevin. So there's an immutable mindset question here. The ability for artists to sell their work as NFTs has been described as a potential seismic shift in the music industry industry, especially given how protective the industry has traditionally been over IP. How do you still see this playing out over the next few years? It's going to, there, you've got to be careful, right? You're going to have to go through the room and make friends on the way through rather than trying to go around it uh, because they will shut you down and make your life a living hell. Um, And so 
I think when you've when you're pre-signing and you've got your rights and you've got your independence and you've got your freedom, it's a different ball game. And so trying to get people before they get sucked into contracts are unfair, before they get sucked into multi-album deals, before you know the accountants and lawyers are really ruling a creative sort of future, um, that would be better. And so the onboarding to platforms like Gala Music is incredibly important for new artists. For established artists, it's interesting, right? Because it's an untapped revenue stream that they didn't know um, for a record label, but for an artist, it's an ability to take a bit of control and ownership over a fan relationship mm -hmm. that they've never had before. And they know if they're established, people like Snoop, that their brand is what matters and that affinity that a fan has with their brand. And you can't freaking buy that. No. But if you can give them access to it, if you can give the artist's ability to sort of curate and augment that experience with a fan, that's where the, the gut punch is, like yeah. the industry, because they cannot do that right now. They don't know who the fan is. They can't interact with the fan and they're sure as hell not in control of it. I love it. And you surmise that so, so nicely for everyone out there. Sarah Buxton, what is the single greatest piece of advice that you have ever received that you take action on every day? A mantra, maybe something you run through your head before you start your work day, your family, your friends day, your personal time, mental health, wellness, what's something that you repeat that gets you going in the right direction? Always assume good intent. I think that's um, that really does keep you level. So there's two. There's always assume good intent. I think particularly we run a fully remote organization. And if you think the worst of people all the time, you would drive yourself crazy. Um, some people are good at text and some people aren't. You cannot do that these days. Yeah. And the other one is do not think you're better than anyone else ever. Um, and that keeps you humble. And like the guys yesterday, like our team works so hard and they're out on the floor. They were here since six in the morning. And the mm -hmm. only thing I needed to do yesterday was be out on the floor with them because that's what you should be doing. Like, be so side it's by a, side. Yeah, be a team, team, right? You win together. So, um, and I think that's something that the web three space, particularly in the early days when everyone was winning, uh, it really felt like that. And now it's whether it was real or not, we're starting to see as things maybe aren't so easy. Uh, you are starting to see the real teams emerge now. And that's, I mean, this. I, I keep using this analogy of a forest fire. And I do not mind repeating it, but I feel like this was the forest fire we needed in this industry. We burned down all the rug pulls, all the yeah. bullshit, fake freaking actors out there. And what do we have left in the ashes? Yeah. We have the saplings that are rising, these projects that are meant to be. Yeah. And then we have the oaks that were always going to be there strong and remain tall. Yeah. And that's what I like that. Right that's nice. I mean, you a bit depressing it. about the fire bit, but the, the, uh, the, you know the new I, stuff I, I is think, good. I think you need as to long as the animals extreme. were okay. Oh, yeah. no, like, no, the animals were not like part of the forest fire. It was an animal as far as fire. Okay, There's no fine. endangered species, even the vegetation. It was everything it was fine. worked out. It's just it's, a very hypothetical. I, like, fire. you might know, I like, you know, it's happy endings, very tales. I'm dressed as a fairy plum, you know. And everyone's fit. I mean, the, the fashion here has been out of control. Everyone is showing up here. So tell everyone what BASE is. Yeah, so BASE is an Ethereum layer 2 blockchain. Uh, the whole idea is we've built all these incredibly powerful new kinds of applications on Ethereum. Uh, things like the ability to save, spend, uh, you know, support your favorite creators with NFTs. But all those things have been really expensive to do. Right. And so what BASE does is it makes it 10 to 100 times cheaper uh, and makes it way easier as well. And so that's the whole idea. It's take those incredible apps that everyone's starting to use and make them so cheap that anyone anywhere in the world can have access them right and and just just hot take right now why the hell is eat so high my gas fees so high they're out of control gas fees are high i mean it's pepe pepe is driving the gas Fucking fees shit up. Coins, man. but like this is where this is kind of exactly what we expect from the e-scaling strategy you know like and what is that for noobs out there like myself yeah so know. basically like two years ago ethereum said hey the way we're going to lower fees on ethereum is we're going to do layer twos on top of ethereum like base and so the ethereum fees are going to keep getting expensive they're going to keep being expensive but then people are going to be able to use the same apps that they would want to use on ethereum on base and other layer twos and so the plan is kind of working exactly as we expect. We're in this little kind of in-between period where the layer twos aren't quite as mature, aren't quite as rolled out as they need to be. But I think in the next few months, that's going to really start to change. And I appreciate you sharing that perspective for folks out there. I mean, how would I explain what Coinbase is to my mom? Yeah, I think Coinbase is... Sorry, mom. I'm using this example <laughs> all weekend. But if you're watching this, mom, it's because of love. And I want you to know what your son does for a living. And I have somebody else explain it. 
Yeah. A little bit of a hack here. Yeah. I'd say what Coinbase does is there's a whole new world of apps that are being built. And uh, those apps are kind of like the apps on your iPhone, but um, they're available to anyone in the world. They enable really powerful new things with money and they're accessible through Coinbase. And so Coinbase is kind of like the app store for this entirely new wave of apps that are being built. Uh, I'm a big fan and proponent of Coinbase myself. Let's talk about your background a little bit. Um, What do you love about working in Coinbase? What do I love about working at Coinbase? I mean, I've now been at Coinbase for six and a half years, which yeah, is incredible. Yeah, you're an OG, man. OG. Um, I spent four and a half years growing all of our retail businesses. So Coinbase, Coinbase Pro, Coinbase Wallet on the engineering side, and then the last two years working towards base. I'd say the thing I love most about Coinbase is like I've been given a huge amount of autonomy and trust to just build. You know, I was a founder before I came into Coinbase. To give you the tools. They understand that you, you exactly. don't need to be micromanaged. Exactly. They want to foster. I mean, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Base is... We'll call it an incubator within, yeah, yeah. Uh, a, an incubator uh, accelerator within it with all the resources and yeah. tools. So they know that these are founders yeah. and their ethos and motives. Back up a little bit. Let me build and give me what I need and I'll be a lot better relationship 100%. and happier Jesse. And that's been the way it's been. You know, like when I, when I interviewed at Coinbase, every single person I talked to as a founder. And that was like, for me, whoa, these are like, these are my people. And then over the last six and a half years, it's continued to be the case where most of the people I've been working with have been founders in the past. Um, And the ethos that we all bring is like that same feeling of ownership, autonomy, just like build cool shit and make an impact. It's such an interesting outtake because it's a take because you think in an organization, like if you're looking from the outside, like, listen, it's almost like herding cats. If we put all these founders in a room, they're going to want to go rogue. They're going to want to do their own thing. But it actually created such a unique environment of innovation and cross-collaboration. Talk to us a little bit about what that internal think tank cross-collaboration is. Are you fully tapped in with everybody? Are you uh, A-B testing? Like doing some data shit with people? Yeah, I'd say at this point, I'm very, very deeply interconnected with pretty much every part of the business. And I think this is one of the really powerful things about Base is um, because Base is kind of a a developer platform where people build Mm -hmm. applications, every part of Coinbase can use it. So our consumer products can use it. Our institutional products can use it. Like our growth team can use it. Our trading team can use it. And so that's this like moment where I get to just go work with all these people who I've known for six years at this point and be like, hey, I have this incredibly powerful new thing that's going to make your life easier. That's going to help you achieve your goals. That's going to make your product better. And it's been so fun. Like literally in the last few weeks, I've gone to, I think like eight, nine different team offsites where it was the other team having an offsite. And they were like, hey, can you come talk about base? And I came... Sharing. You just got to shoot the shit, talk about what is base, how is it going to impact you, how is it going to help you be more successful. And people are just so fired up. People are fired up to transform the business from kind of the, the Web 2 world that it was when it started in 2012 into this new on-chain, mm-hmm. fully smart contract-driven business that's going to be in the future. I love this perspective. Jesse, let's talk about security. I think that's the biggest risk right now yeah. and the biggest hesitation to bring people on board because those are the, ne- the negative headlines are, are what's... You know, the mainstream is like, shit, I don't want to lose my money. Yeah. I don't want to lose my stuff. I'm, I, have to, I have to actually, which is so crazy to think about. So I have a seed phrase and, and it's supposed to be fully digital. And they tell me to write it down and hide it yeah. like under my mattress. Like what, like, what is this all about? Yeah. Talk to me. What, what are some of the concerns that you have from a, um, an insider perspective, but also a consumer perspective? Yeah. And what are some of the things that, um, yeah. Coinbase and base are doing to help, uh, smooth that over? Yeah. I think security is such an important thing. It, you know, we have to get people comfortable storing money on chain. And if we can't get people to do that, then we're going to have a hard time getting them to transact and save and borrow and earn and do all these things that, that we expect. And so I'd say like the thing that we're primarily focused on is, a, building tools that make it so users can't make mistakes, right? So a recent example of this on the right, Coinbase like side. Right, not fat finger. Right. Or, or am I, I'm literally using sometimes copy copy and paste from my wallet address. Like you, yeah, could, you could like just fat finger something and send it to freaking Guam. Yeah, it's crazy. So like an example of this is we we, we rolled out a whole um, experience in Coinbase Wallet where we kind of work with the broader community to identify things that are fraud, fraudulent or phishing. And if you go to a website like that and you try and transact, we'll just put up a big page that says, hey, this is known phishing and you'll have to confirm, confirm, confirm that you have to engage with it. And so that's like preventing users from being able to make the mistake. So I think that's one big part of it. And I think the other big part of it is um, giving the user tools so that they can kind of uh, make better decisions as they are moving through this economy. And so Such for as. instance, another example of that is, um, you know, right now we in Coinbase Wallet, if you're going to do a transaction, we'll say, hey, when you do this transaction, it's going to subtract X from your ETH balance. 
this it's is what's give going you to why. happen. This is exactly this is what happens. This is yep. how it changes. Then you have to confirm that that's what you expect. And I think that sort of kind of intuitive experience where people actually get to understand and see what's happening rather than being a black box is going to help people get more comfortable with the way it works. That That is fascinating. Let's get a couple of hot takes here. Yep. We're still so early. We're still early, but I think the, the positive thing that, that gets me really excited is it feels like all the pieces are now here and they just need to click. And I think that that click is going to happen faster than people expect. What do you think that moment's going to be? I think it's the summer. But could you envision what that, is I it more of a time frame perspective? Think is that going to be like one, think, like Starbucks, is it going to change the world? Like everyone's going to be like, yay, we're on Web3. I don't think it's going to be, I don't think it's going to be anyone, um, any one company. I think it's going to be creators. I think it's going to be creators who start to realize that if they bring their content on chain, they're going to get better economics for themselves because they're actually going to own the content. Mm-hmm. They're going to have more meaningful, more connected experiences with their fans. They're going to be able to do way more powerful things because they're issuing content into this incredibly powerful platform on top of which they can layer a bunch of other things. And that's going to flip in. And if you look at what's driven billions of people online, it's creators and it's content. It's TikTok. It's, Absolutely. it's Instagram. Any cultural shift goes with the artists and the musicians. That's, that's 100%. Yep. Let's take a question from the host of The Immutable Mindset, Kevin Logan Jr., who is not here with us today. And he says, Jesse, as base is currently in the testnet phase, you could tell this is not my question, and I'm reading it. What have been some of the key learnings and challenges so far? And how will these experiences inform the rollout of mainnet? Yeah. I mean, we've seen nerds. (laughs) I love you, Kevin. We've seen so many developers building on base. I think that's been one of the the things that's gotten us so excited, like literally thousands, tens of thousands of people coming to build. I think the, a few learnings from that one is that we're still early in terms of total developers. Like there's 30,000 people in the broader ecosystem um, who are, you know, on-chain developers. There's 30 million developers in the world. And so, you know, we just launched this thing called Basecamp, which is basically a whole curriculum to teach people how to become on-chain developers by learning smart contracts. You earn NFT. As you them. go, all about empowerment, all about converting those 30 million into the first million on chain developers. Side so, question. It, yeah. What's, what's the demographic of that? You got to break it down. It's male, female? Uh, you mean the d- developers in the world or in, in, your, in on, your system? Oh, in our in we, your ecosystem. We don't know the exact, de- like, we don't know, like, we basically see addresses. When, and so we don't have the exact demographics. Are you guys doing anything, though, to, to promote and, and, and bring more? gender equity and gender equality yeah. into the web. Because that's that's a big thing, right? I'm not trying yeah. to put you in the no, spot no, no. or based on the spot here, but I think an organization as large and upfront and in every, everyone's mindset should be leading the way in yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And one of, our, one of our values that we hammer home kind of all the time is this concept of basis for everyone. And I'd say the place that we're actually most focused on this right now is around geographic diversity. If you look at where crypto is being used around the world, the oh, United States Africa's is like biggest. a smaller, but Africa is Massive. the biggest. That's the biggest use case too. Southeast Asia, finance. basically anywhere where you have um, less kind of solid uh, financial systems. And so uh, we are, we, we're running these things called base meetups where literally in June, I think we have eight different meetups meetups in countries all around the world scheduled. And we're just going to keep building that. And the goal is to have a hundred meetups like in the next six months that are all bottoms up, all organic. I'm planning to be in Africa later this year, planning to be in Asia and just really tell the story that um, base is a platform that's not just for people in the United States. It's for everyone. It's not just for finance. It's for everyone. Uh, It's not just for, you know, pick your small thing that you care about. It's for you and it's for everyone else. And I think that openness, that is a fundamental characteristic of blockchains. And it's something that we really want to be leaning in because that's what's going to create this open level playing field that puts everyone on the same platform and gives them access to more economic freedom. I love that perspective. And thank you so much for sharing it. I am with one of my favorite creators in the space for multiple reasons, uh, Miss Nyla Hayes. And Nyla, tell everyone uh, who you are and what you have created. Uh, my name is Nyla Hayes. I'm a 14-year-old digital artist, founder of the Lawniki Ladies, and I created the Lawniki Ladies, which is an art project that I created when I was 12. And it's basically women with really long necks, but inspired by my love for women, the brontosaurus dinosaur, and people from all around the world. And I had the pleasure to meet Nyla in person for the first time last year at VCon in Minneapolis. We had a great dinner. We met her whole family. You didn't bring the rest of them? But not this trip? Well, we did, but we couldn't get the North Door tickets, so. Yeah, no, it's it, it's all good. And you've had quite the evolution um, as a creator, um, as a business, as a brand. What is the biggest thing that you've learned about yourself in the last year through your NFT creator journey? Hmm, that's a big, that's a really good um, I think the most important thing I learned about myself is, as an artist, I get burned out easily. So I think this 
taking breaks is really good for creative people. So I think I learned my limits through these two past years. I have an 11-year-old daughter who loves your work, and you inspire her. And I've told you this on my show. I've told you this a million times. That it really, you are an inspiration to many. What advice would you give my daughter Nina to keep creating and keep uh, building? Oh well, honestly, this might sound corny, but I wanted to say, just follow what you love. Do what you love. If you change up whatever you're doing, that's totally fine. It's so cool to do multiple different things so just do what you love and be you basically always be yourself and Nyla where could folks find you in the collection where can they connect well you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Nyla Collection underscore NFT that's for my Instagram and Nyla Collection for my Twitter Nyla Hayes everybody thank you and like when I think about learning, that continues to rear its head and that, you know, that I need to be careful about my self-confidence, not confusing people on timing. You know, like, I just like know how this is gonna play out, but every other thing I've ever done before was really behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Like, when nobody thought Vayner Media was gonna be anything, there was nobody like involved in it. You know what I mean? It was just kind of like, the competitors and potentially the employees, but like now it's like so the masses, and so I need to be thoughtful about that. Because we have about forty-eight seconds left. <laughs> um, um, Scooter Braun asked, "I love Scooter. I got to meet him yesterday." Scooter Braun asked Jeff Bezos this question: "What do you want? What does Gary V want? You give I, so much. I want to. Pl- I want to play. What does that mean? It means I just want to have the freedom to do what I want to do." Like I just want to wake up and do what I want to do. I want to run my companies. I want to interact with my friends and family. I want to watch the Jets, you know, and the Knicks. I like your new boy. You know, and so I'm, I'm so pumped oh about that. You know, exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, I just want the freedom. What, what being successful means to me is the freedom to be able to, to decide what I want to do. I agree with you, and I've learned that a lot from you. We've known each other for almost a decade. Um, what would you tell my almost 11-year-old daughter, Nina, and my son, Oliver, knowing me, what words of advice would you give them about going out into this world? I love that. You know, that they're very fortunate to have you as a father. You have an incredibly sweet soul. And that no matter, every kid thinks their parents are corny. And, <laughs> you know, and, you know, once they get over that era when they're in their early 20s and they're over like thinking dad's corny, like really sit down and understand the kind parts of him. Because if you have them in your DNA and you excel at expressing them, your life will be happier. I asked you the same question last year, and I want to see how it changed. What do you want everyone out there to walk away from feeling in their hearts? That things are possible, that kindness is unstoppable and is always the wind, and that at the end of the day, things like curiosity and empathy are requirements to get to a happier place. I love it. And last but not least, can we finally be WhatsApp friends? Sure. <laughs> Gary, I want to thank you so much for your time. And I got something pretty cool over here. That's very you to, cool. Yeah, you know what that is. I know what that is. Thank you, sir. Thank you. It is it's 3.30. Uh, I'm sorry. What, geez, what time is it? I can't tell on these Apple Watches. 2.45. It's 2.45 and we're in Section 105 here at Lucas Oil Field. Um, it's our second annual. It's a tradition now. End of VCon recap. And last year with Chris Adamo my co-host and, and trusty co-pilot on our conference um, mission. Chris, how are you feeling? You know, Adam, this has been a really wonderful weekend, as it always is. Uh, a weekend of joy. A weekend of Bernie's. <laughs> Bernie's and abundance. And I just really respect what the whole team at, at VCon and, and VFriends has done for all of us, really. it's We have met so many good humans here, and the curation has been top-notch. And people I've been dreaming to meet for years just are just are just all here, and they're all open to to receive. And I could not be more blessed and happy to to have this experience here. And I think it's going to do wonders for all of us. And that's really, that's really the reason why I think that some of these projects are going to do well. Is like if you provide this for people, and I think most people don't, don't they, they underestimate that idea of like being the conduit. And that's what what, I, what my life is about is being the conduit. And when you can do that. People just gravitate towards you, and when you give, you tend to get back. And but you give without even knowing, you know, why sometimes. And you just know that person that you're giving to. You can judge that person just gets it. You know, the golden rule. 
Chris, you, you truly embody the, the golden rule, and obviously we have a very deep friendship, but we also have a mutual respect for each other in the business space. We lift each other up. We, I mean, we look for those opportunities, and I think that we're both incredible conduit connectors. And, and what that means for everybody out there is, and I hope I'm not speaking for you, if I see two people that should be connected and they don't know each other, I don't care if I'm going to make a dime off it or anything. I just know by connecting them that they're both going to have a better opportunity because I believe in relationship karma. One way or another, that's going to come back in my direction. And whatever you put out in the world, it's, it's, it's about abundance. And for me, that's what this weekend's all about. Connecting, being a good person, being better to other people, having an open mind, an open heart, and just listening and, and, and being inspired. And, and you made the analogy last year that it's VCAMP. It's, it's, it's Camp V, um, so, so to speak. Uh, what were some of your highlights in the last couple of days? Well, I just had an amazing two hours with uh, my good friend Jared, and he works with Deepak Chopra. And I've been a fan of him for like, you know, 20 years. You know, the guy's written 93 books, and just 90, 93. Uh, he, we walked around for like two hours, and he just operates with like just, just genuine joy. And people see him, and they just smile. And they stopped him, and it was like a nonstop train of just like people just sharing their, their joyful experiences. And he's like happy to receive it and provide that. And that, that's what I think inspires me to do that. Really, is like seeing like how someone can impact someone else with just simple life experiences and simple life rules. Right? You just operate from abundance. You don't worry or or judge or you know you can you know kind of temper things sometimes. But you should you should be open to to, to experience and giving and. And that that for me has been how I operate, and I'm just happy that I got to really talk to him about that for a while, and, uh, and he gets it. I think everyone else here gets that idea. It's like the the, the grand premise of uh, I think that this conference is is, is that that giving sharing of, of each other. Um, and that's the ethos of be friends. It, it, it carries core. That's really so. We're gonna we're gonna wrap this up. Um, it's been an amazing weekend. Chris unfortunately has to fly out. I'm gonna hang around for for one more night of uh, shenanigans, and I'm gonna use this tonight. Uh, I'm gonna have dinner with some some of my V friends, some folks I only see a couple times a year. I'm gonna connect and and just see where the night goes. So everyone out there, uh, I really hope you appreciate this content. I hope that I brought you a great creation of people, and thank you for Chris for making so many introductions that your friends are now my friends. That's right. And that's right. And then we're all at the end of the day, we're all V friends, right? <laughs> we are all all V friends. We're all in it together. And thank you, Adam, for always being my conduit uh, for my wild ideas. And you always say yes. He says yes. Always, say yes. always, always say yes. Um, there was one more thing I wanted. There's one more thing I kind of wanted to to wrap up with here. Um, this sure. has been this is this is this has been cool. I feel good in my heart. I feel good in my head. I feel good in my belly. I got yeah. some got some food into me. We eat our body weight encrustables over the last Thanks. Thanks a couple of days. Peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. But I really want to thank. I really truly want to thank not just Gary, his entire team behind him, Maha, Lara, Rachel, everybody on the uh, the PR team, um, Zach Nadler, his whole crew, Lucas Oil Stadium, the staff. Everybody has just been great. Don't forget the man nick dio thank you nick thank you avery samantha thank you samantha thank you aj thank you to all the legends that are behind the legends and that's so many people it takes to make this shit happen behind us truly truly thank you for all i mean i can't say enough good things i tell you all the time if i sick of hearing me say it to you guys but thank you for letting us be here and for being in this conduit and thank you for letting us be ourselves for real like thank you for letting us be able to express ourselves and how we feel and like joy and emotion and inclusiveness here it's so much inclusiveness in every different way and gary thank you for creating this universe we love you man don't forget g thank you for the confidence man you give it you you, you give it to all of us thank you wisdom is forever but for us it's time to go thank you for joining us luckily we'll be back with our next episode soon jam-packed with more incredible humans thank you for listening subscribing and sharing to join the conversation, search the podcast on LinkedIn. And to catch up on past episodes and more info, please visit www.thepausecast.com.